Good morning. It's season four of the Not Half Bad Podcast. This is the best season of The Wire season. This is true. Oh, man. Look season what... four made me cry. <laughs> and season four of Not Half Bad is going to make you cry, too. In very different ways. <laughs> this is Norman of Rumble in the Garden. Uh, you can find me on the on the Twitter, but we'll get to that later. And my co-host is Dave. Dave, Hi. what of now? Are you still with On the Banks? I am, here and there. I'm like the, the the retired columnist who comes back every once in a while to throw shade. The emeritus? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm doing a little preview stuff. I'm just not doing game-to-game stuff anymore. That's good. It wears on you, I suppose. Well, all the losing. Yeah, that's <laughs> On the bad half part. We'll talk a little bit about the losing. Um, you know, we'll try to make this short because this is going to be more of a catch-up than anything, I would say. And... Um, yeah, I mean, we're here to talk about St. John's, and we're here to talk about Rutgers basketball, and there are exciting things happening with St. John's, and Rutgers is in that interesting place where, you know, you're kind of hoping for something to happen, but... Some exciting stuff happening, right? Oh, yes, yes, there's exciting stuff happening, exactly, of course, right? right? A little bit. Uh-huh, sure. Mm-hmm. All right, uh-huh, sure. So, it's the premiere. Yeah. And it's the season premiere. It's the first episode of Not Half Bad. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for coming back. Um, we've been away for a while, for pretty much the whole summer. Um, I had to count up all those Mullen scholarships. It took a while. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Dave's not very good at counting. He's not a math teacher. Burn. Meh. Eh, kind of burn? <laughs> Semi-burn? Meh. So, before we go on, let's uh, let me also say that we're hoping the season to bring on a few guests and also guest hosts. Uh, yeah. Reduce the burden a little bit, I suppose, as much of a burden as it is just uh, getting on and talking about hoops. Yeah, this whole um, talking thing is rough. Talking is hard. Um, <laughs> and uh, also letting you know that you can find the podcast at NHB Pod on Twitter. And <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, too. Dave, where, where does one find you these days? I'm at Dave underscore White. And I'm E Coast Bias on Twitter. Um, you know, there are Facebook pages. There's all of that kind of kind of malarkey. Um, there's also um, the uh, Not Half Bad podcast email if you want to send in questions. Uh, and that is nothalfbadpod at gmail.com. It's long, but it gets you where you need to go. Yes, it does. Yes, I'm, I'm sending out a tweet to see if anybody has questions. Cool. We are interactive after all. Boom. We are. Boom. Tweet sent. Retweet now. What? What? Retweeting. Uh. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, all right. So it is the 2015-2016 season uh, about to kick off. Practice Practice started. Practices are starting. And, uh, uh, well, St. John's is entering a, a very new period where... They've got an exciting new coach and a whole lot of eh. men I don't know moments. And what is Rutgers doing? We got Quay Parker. Woo! Committed. Does, does he play this year? No. Oh. So <laughs> you're saying that this year will be much the same. No, we got Corey Sanders and Deshaun Freeman. Woo! And some three-point shooters. Woo! Oh, really? All right. And, well, and length. Woo! Maybe some pressure. Woo! Okay, this is getting a little NSFW. I'm talking about length and pressure. Yeah, uh, stop it. Uh, it's a family-friendly podcast. We are family-friendly, but, but then you start talking about length and pressure. 
it's not like we're How about playing the girth long- of the players? <laughs> too far? Too, too far. far? Too far. All right. So All right, anyway, okay. Let's talk about St. John's because... Um, I mean, you know, no, it, yeah, cool. Sounds great. I mean, I think I think with, with St. John's, there's a hope around the program that great things are happening. But you know, there's a real realistic possibility that both St. John's and Rutgers could be at the bottom of their leagues. I guess. I mean, I mean, the bottom of the Big East is generally pretty competitive. The bottom of the Big Ten, you know, oh. we're really doing this this early in the season. What your team was. Uh, Rutgers was ten and twenty-two. Yeah, but they beat Wisconsin. Whoa! St. John's was twenty-one and twelve, and they were in the middle of the pack. Yeah, well, I mean, I miss Steve Lavin. You do because he says he he spoke a lot of gibberish and got his players to inexplicably uh, turn it on at the end of the season. He had, uh, you know, good. Yeah, because it was the first time he practiced. Oh, damn, that's cold. <laughs> oh, it's February? Maybe we should hold a practice. <laughs> I'm not saying that's true. I'm just going on rumors I see from your fans on Twitter. Yeah, there was a, you know, there was a real lack of um, discipline around the program. And I think some of the guys were, you know, some of the guys were, were pretty disciplined. You know, D'Angelo Harrison... Even Jamal Branch, Sir Dominic Pointer, um, they kind of did their thing, and Lavin let them free to do their thing. But some guys, you can't really let them free. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some some people really can take advantage of freedom, or they understand what to do with it. You know, yeah. that's kind of the uh, in in my mind, that's kind of what what people mean by veteran leadership. That I don't have yeah. to tell you what to do all the time. And some guys, you need to tell them what to do all the time, and you need to unfortunately have a strong hand, no matter how. Um, how much you want them to, um, you know, just uh, think for themselves and be for themselves, you know? Norman, I'm going to help you out right now. Okay. I'm going to say this. This is going to make you smile. Mm-hmm. The past is the past. It's a new era at St. John's. So, so let's talk the new era of St. John's and forget about the glory that was Steve Lavin. Okay, that's All right. right. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think to talk about the glory, to talk about the the future does require a discussion of the past. In part because, you know, for the diehards, yeah, it's like okay, great, clean break, or it's oh man, I really liked Lavin. But for the more casual fans, they'll look and see, wait, why did you get rid of a coach? Right. Won 21 games and got you to the NCAA tournament. And there are reasons for that. I mean, you know, Lavin didn't, couldn't come to an agreement with St. John's because I think St. John's wanted, I don't know, maybe better assurances, more assurances, or weren't willing to give him the money that he wanted um, for the results that he's had. You know, it's hard to double down on a guy who basically leaves you in a boom and bust cycle. I mean, this year, yeah. coming back, he had two guys maybe coming back. Both Chris Obekba and Rashid Jordan seem to be leaning to leaving anyway, mm. and uh, actually tried coming back with, uh, with Chris Mullen. But even... They were mulling it over. They were mulling it over. And, you know, they probably would have had Brandon Sampson, but that's not enough to make a team. You know, other than that, Lavin would have been, you know, scraping at 
uh, a bunch of guys. Maybe he would have gotten Marcus Levette. Maybe he would have gotten Mussini. I'm not sure. But yeah. then he would be really scraping for the rest of the roster. And uh, honestly, he's proven that he's not very good at finding under-the-radar guys, you know, guys who can just fill a role. So, you know, it's hard to put faith in a guy like that. And when St. John's made overtures to uh, Chris Mullen, supposedly right after Lavin was fired, but wink, wink, nod, nod. I think we all know that's not quite true. Um, It was, uh, you know, it was interesting and exciting to see that probably the greatest player in program history, or at least the greatest recent player in program history, is coming back to... uh, Sorry, what? Sorry, go ahead. I know you've heard this a lot, Dave, but there are other people who maybe have not heard it all, okay? So you be patient over there. I'm sorry, you're, you're, ta- you're, you're, you're singing Mullen's praises. It, it kind of gets that reaction out of me, sorry. I'm wagging my finger at you. <laughs> this is not half bad, where Dave is tired of hearing about Mullen, Mullen, Mullen. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Anyhow. So, yeah, having Chris Mullen come back sounds exciting. He's a guy with an NBA pedigree. Uh, he has that always works. Been a, a, yeah, like, 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 uh, like Eddie Jordan, right? Um, <laughs> I think he's been a little bit more successful than Eddie Jordan. Take that. Um, yeah, he's, he's had decent success with Golden State, and he's had some failures over there, too. Yeah, all that coaching he did. He's got a strong <laughs> core of assistants. This is going to be awkward all season. Including Barry Worson, who has been a head coach and is an old friend of his from Zavarian. Um, <laughs> anyhow, the point of this all is that, yes, you know, Chris Mullen is a neophyte coach, but he's a basketball lifer who should know a little bit about what he's doing. And honestly, college basketball is about recruiting. It's about getting good players and not messing them up too much. And, you know, getting a balanced roster of good players. I think Steve Lavin was really good at getting good players early, and if he honestly continued getting the same level of good player, he'd be fine. But even with his sometimes getting in the way. Uh, and the problem with Rutgers is that they don't have good players. So Not yet. We're getting there. Right, okay. And uh, so I think I think that's all there really is to it. You know, Mullen just has to be a salesperson and put out a, you know, reasonably effective line of thinking for his players and he can be successful. But, you know, this year in particular is going to be just one to watch and enjoy when there are high moments. The team is entirely new. Um, You know, there's three returnees who barely played Felix Balamu, uh, Amar Alabegovic and Christian Jones, who I keep forgetting actually played last season. Um, and they, none of them were, uh, particularly impactful players. Alabegovic, though, did show a willingness to throw around his body and a willingness to take outside shots. He didn't hit them, but, you know, one gets the feeling sometimes that, you know, guys have an adjustment to college, and if he can hit those shots, I think he's going to be a bit of a player. So, yeah, I mean, St. John's has a whole new roster, which we'll get to later. But let's talk about Rutgers and where Rutgers is Ooh. right now going into the season. Because they're so exciting. You might not be excited. I'm always excited. Um, Rutgers is uh, coming off a 15-game losing streak. 
So well, there's, there's that. There's that. Um, they play Division Three Rutgers Newark to open the season. It's a regular season game. So with luck, the 15-game losing streak should be over by November 14th. So and how do you have you scouted Rutgers Newark yet? I mean, I'm do they not. have any like three-point shooters who are going to you know bomb them? Maybe like a transfer from like Monmouth or something like that. I have not actually looked yet. Because um, that that'll be awesome. Tell me it's going to be on TV. Because the I well I can find out. But the whole point is uh, 16 games is the longest losing streak in Rutgers history. So they're they're um, clearly trying to avoid that. Uh, Rutgers Newark. BTN Plus, so you could pay to watch it. Yeah, that that's not worth my time. No. Here's the excitement for Rutgers. For the first time, Jordan has depth. And he has a team that fits kind of what he's recruiting towards. It's all his team. There's only one Mike Rice left over in Greg Lewis. Um, and Jordan has even purged the... Uh, the panicked scramble uh, recruits that he got when the Rice situation happened. So he's got 11 active players and one transfer sitting out. And the excitement is uh, Corey Sanders, who's the first true point guard in Rutgers basketball history since, like, Todd Billett. Uh, reports are early in workouts and in uh, uh, yesterday's first practice. He actually doesn't mind passing, which is nice to hear. Because uh, that doesn't always happen with Rutgers recruits, and um, Deshaun Freeman, who was uh, the number sixteen ranked JUCO in the nation last year and won the uh, MVP, I believe, of his uh, the postseason tournament. He's out of uh, uh, I want to say Hargrave, but that's not right. Oh my god, uh, the place in in the Middle West where uh, Bashir Ahmad is from too. Hutchinson. Hutchinson, yeah, from Hutchinson. Um, he's a power forward, so. Uh, Jordan spent yesterday, and I'm sure we'll spend the, the majority of practices trying to build some chemistry between uh, Corey and uh, and Deshaun. And it's you know what, it's a young team, but it's not. I think part of what happened is even though we had Miles Mack and Kadeem Jack, who you know Rutgers fans will love forever, Miles Mack especially. Um, and I know people don't like hearing this as an excuse, but much like the Lavin situation. There's there was probably a Mike Rice hangover for the players who stayed, you know. The, I think they were kind of worn down by the season, and there was so little depth at guard last year, where at times it was just Miles Mack and and either Bishop Daniels or Mike Williams due to injury. That you know, once they beat Wisconsin, they kind of emptied the tank there. So the hope is with some youth and some excitement and some length. You know, they'll be able to press and play an exciting brand of defense. Uh, they brought in some guys who will come off the bench who can shoot the ball, but I'm sure they're still not going to be a great shooting team. So that's where your optimism is. I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, going to go from 10 and 22 to 22 and 10, but if they can get close to that 15 win mark and, you know, have some exciting games at the rack, that's, that's something. Okay. So tell me, I guess, about the... So who's returning? I know there's Mike Williams and Bishop Daniels. Mike and, Williams and Bishop Daniels are returning and, at guard. Uh, who else? Greg, Greg Lewis. Lewis. Who's big or who's, something. Can he do anything? Yeah, he was good last year. He was, he's, a, he's a pretty good, actually close to a really good interior defender. Um, and he, he, I think he scored 17 in a Big Ten game last year. He's oh, got wow. a nice little uh, jump shot. Um, 
he's not a real back to the basket player, but he can pull the other team's center out maybe ten feet away from the basket and make that that shot. Um, who else is back? Uh, Shaquille Dorson, who's a like six ten, just monster big man, is back. Uh, I'm trying to think, it's it's a there's seven new players. Um, and then there's Ibrahima Diallo, who might be the first big man off the bench who sat out last year because he was partially um, ineligible and or partially eligible, whatever the correct phrase is. He's a big man. And then Justin Good, who's a guard out of Hargrave, who who can hit the three, who will be off the bench. Okay. He might be the last guy off the bench, but he can he can apparently hit the three. And if that can help even in at a conference, uh, that'd be big. And Mike Williams is expected to improve because he was a great yeah. shooter coming out of, uh, what was he, um, um, oh my god, I can't remember the high school. Christ um, the King? Was no, he Christ he the King? Was, no, he was the other one. He was Brooklyn. Bishop Lachlan. Yeah, Lachlan. Wow. Yeah, yeah he yes. and Kadeen Carrington were, uh, were you know, a yeah. real scoring threat out there. Jordan said in, in one of the interviews I read that he thinks Mike is going to get better at shooting the three because last year they were trying to teach him to play point because they wanted Mac playing off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was too much for him, and he was focusing on that. So they're playing him uh, at shooting guard, I think, almost exclusively this year. Much and, better. Yeah, it'll be a better fit for him. So hopefully he can relax and do what he does best. I mean, he was a good defender last year on a team that, you know, improved their defense from the previous year, but still at times wasn't a great defensive team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he hustled, so that was fun. But if he can make the three consistently, that that's going to be huge. Now, do you, feel, do you feel like last year Eddie Jordan lost the team? Is that, Was there a talk about that last year or what? Uh, I don't think he lost the team so much as he lost certain players on the team. Okay. Um, I think Junior E2 kind of checked out. I think he wanted to be a focus of the offense, and he was really the third guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kadeem Jack on the court, um, they wanted him to attack the basket, and he wanted to improve his NBA profile, so he shot a lot of threes. Yeah, how's that uh, NBA profile going? He made the uh, Pacers practice squad. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my bad. I, I <laughs> he just did yesterday. They signed him. Or I mean, two days it's ago. kind of funny too, though, that you know you look at guys like Kadeem Jack, and honestly, even oh coming my god, out, I'm, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, even coming out of high school, I think Kadeem Jack had a reputation. Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, as a guy who wasn't necessarily pushing in the in the right direction for you, you know. Yeah. Like, that he, you know, needed a pretty strong... Like, he needed, a, like, a Bob Huggins kind of character to whip him into shape and tell him, that's not going to work, you're going to do what we tell you, and you're going right. to get there. Yeah. And I think that's part of what happened with, with Jack. And I think those two things, you know... Because when Jack and E2 were going, that's when Rutgers was at their best. That's when they beat Vanderbilt. That's when they beat Wisconsin. You know, when they played in their role and did what they were supposed to, the team actually played really well. Mm-hmm. And I'm forgetting one uh, returning player who's actually going to start, it looks like, in uh, DJ Foreman, who last year played exclusively at power forward, but they're trying to shift him to wing this year. Interesting. He's kind of big for a wing. Yeah, he, I, and he doesn't really have the outside shot, though he can get to the basket. So it seems like they're trying to do with Foreman what they tried to do with E2. But Okay. We'll see if that works. Um, that, that actually sounds exciting. I'm almost excited for Rutgers basketball. <sighs> you know, I'm almost I've, excited. I've, I've missed this, Norman. I, I'm, I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm almost <laughs> excited. You know, it, you watched the Wisconsin game last year. 
I did. On replay, you you saw what that meant to to. That's why people like Eddie. Yeah, you know, I mean, that moment there. So if he could be the guy that turns around, even if it takes him, you know, forever. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I just want him to be better. We I all think, want them to be better. I think there's potential. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's, I, I was optimistic yesterday, and now for some reason talking to you, I, I, my optimism is hurting a little bit. I'm optimistic. I think this team can be better than Northwestern. That's good. You know what? That's good. You're shooting for 15 wins, and if you can get to 17 mm-hmm. and get to a postseason tournament, that would be like they build the statue. Of so, me. Of so me. you know, I've I've moved to the to the eastern area, you know, a yeah. bit upstate, and I'm I'm hoping that I get the Big Ten Network because I would like to see some Rutgers games. I'm good. interested in this. Good. It's it's year three. <laughs> And it's probably actually going to be treated like year two. Maybe one even hopes. year one. Well, one hopes for Eddie Jordan's sake that it's treated like year two or one. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, the, <sighs> it's a long build, you know? It's, uh, it's hard to do. It is hard to do. And that's, you know, that's why I'm interested to see what uh, your man Chris Mullen does. Yeah, I mean, I think we've... Never picked up a clip, clipboard in his life. Let's see. You keep going there. You keep going. That's that's what I'm holding on to. Did they ever fill that third uh, assistant spot? Uh, not officially. I think Mitch Richmond is supposed to still be in play, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure. So they have Barry Rorson, they have Matt Abdelmasi, and um, they have a few other uh, lower-level assistants in there who are uh, interesting fellows. Luca Verglio? Viglio? I can never pronounce his name, or I never remember his name. Um is a, a guy who's kind of the uh, the foreign connect as well. Uh, and he helps with getting things like, you know, Federico Mussini and, uh, and uh, you know, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, no, they haven't filled that. that it's a little late. Spot. Don't they have to fill it at some point? Uh, I guess, you know. Eh. Weird. Yeah. You know, I'm not being, and I'm not being sarcastic here. I'm just, like, legitimately surprised. Yeah, it's, uh, it is kind of interesting that they haven't figured out yeah, I have, I'm not really sure what's, what's up going on there. I don't know. Interesting. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell that, you. That's not good. No, it's fine. Okay. I mean, they've got enough guys to go around and to uh, run the practices, and they've been having practices and taking pictures and selfies and such. So. Oh know. well, well, if they have enough guys to take selfies, then yeah. Never mind my concerns. Sorry. You can't take a selfie all alone. Get, or maybe actually, you can. Actually, that's the definition of selfie. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. So, what are you looking to see in the next month before before um, the games actually start? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think for St. John's, it's really just about getting repetition and practice in, and figuring out not really figuring out roles, but figuring out uh, getting a sense of capabilities for um, for the team. Because I think there's a lot of talent. I mean, at the point guard, you've got uh, the, the Italian Federico Mussini, who's a pretty good shooter and has played at a fairly high level uh, prep-wise. Uh, he played in uh, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, Nike Global Challenge, I believe, and uh, a few other high-level events. And then you have Marcus Lavette, who is, uh, you know, kind of a hot dog, but 
is oh. a playmaker and a scorer and could be, you know, a real baller. Um, I think both those guys could also make a lot of mistakes. We don't know. Um, so you've got Especially two, early. Yeah, you've got two point guards. You've got some other guys who might be able to handle it in uh, Malik Ellison and, uh, and Ron Mavoyka. Uh, both of them, uh, Ellison's a freshman and Mavoyka is a transfer from Missouri State. Originally from Paris, he'll only be there for a year. Um, you've got wings. You've got Duran Johnson from Pittsburgh, who, when he's on, can be a good shooter. When he's off, is you know doesn't do a lot besides try to shoot. And uh, Mavoika, who seems to be a good overall player. I don't know about his athletic level, but he seems like a smart player. Uh, and then you've got you know the forward mix, or you have Felix Balamu too, who is a a good athlete in search of some skill. But he's a very good athlete and very willing to play a lot of different positions. So, you know, one hopes that you can get something out of that backcourt. And then up front, I think there's almost strength in uh, Darian Williams, who's a, a, a forward from San Francisco who, uh, you know, can shoot the outside shot. You've got Amar Alabegovic who can shoot the outside shot. And he played last year. Uh, you've got... Um, well, Christian Jones, who, you know, hasn't shown much in his three years. And uh, Yankuba Sima, who, in his highlights and, and playing on the under-18 level for Spain, looks like kind of a baller. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of athleticism. He's a little skinny, but he's got a lot of athleticism and a lot of activity. And, you know, if you can keep him, you know, held together, honestly, I think that, you know, you never know. You might you might see something uh, something pretty cool out of uh, guys like that. So I think what, what we're looking for this year is just flashes. I think it's a lot to ask for, you know, a team with one kind of skinny, very young center to come out and be everything that, you know, fans want it to be. But I think there'll be potential. There'll be high points. There'll be, you know, derp moments. And there will be, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll just play. We have a very early uh, battle. Rutgers and in, in St. John's. Yes, this is true. It's Rutgers' third game of the year. I don't know when it's fits for. Uh, I think St. it's the John's. third St. John's game of the year. But let me look. Uh, yeah, it's the third St. John's game of the year as well. It's, it's gonna be interesting because it's both two basically very new teams. Mm-hmm. Although I think Rutgers' f- returning players are much more senior and much more into the program. You know, I've been with the program longer. Kind of have oh, that. Yeah. So it'll be uh, an interesting uh, game. Yeah, where Rutgers will be called the veteran squad. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, you made me think of a question. Oh, what the the four star center you guys brought in? Is he going to be eligible this year or power forward? Yakwe. Ya- oh, Kasumi? oh yeah. Oh, I forgot about Kasum Yakwe. So you know. He's on the roster. People mention him. So let's say, sure, he's going to be eligible. Sure. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a question about some of the Our Savior New American uh, transcripts. I know Chick Diallo. Uh, yeah. I think he still hasn't been cleared. He's been cleared to practice, but not cleared beyond that. That's the I saw it the thing, other day. You know, clear, cleared to practice, but not cleared to play. It's like, clear him all the way or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Yakwe, let's just assume he's going to be cleared. And I think that 
will be a nice um that'll be a nice addition. I think he can rebound, supposedly block some shots, but he's only six foot seven. Um and he seems like a good, strong, athletic forward of a player. So I think he'll be yeah, and I I'm sorry I forgot about him. He'll be a good piece up front. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's going to be a, a, a interesting year for both of us. Yeah. Interesting rather than uh, than exciting. Uh, I, I think excitement can grow for both teams. Mm-hmm. But I think to start the year off, we're looking at interesting. Yeah, we're just going with, um, yeah, you guys put out a competent team? Good. All right. We'll yeah. go with that. I, I think uh, with Rutgers, this is one of those teams that, I mean, the Big Ten is brutal to begin with, mm-hmm. but their opening conference slate is, like, insane. It's like the four top teams, I think, they play okay. to start. And it's one of those things that if Jordan can keep a young team together, even if they go, like, one and eight to start conference mm-hmm. or, or two and seven, you know, those last nine games, if he can keep them together and optimistic, maybe they can come together as a team, you know, and not that just way, give it up. yeah, and not just give it up. That's what I worry about. Is if they let's say they they go nine and three at a conference, and there's you know some sort of optimism or ten and two, and team looks fun and they're good, and then they hit this you know semi tractor trailer that comes through as the the Big Ten conference opens up. Can Jordan keep Corey Sanders and you know keep their heads up to try and get a couple wins? Mm-hmm. late and and maybe even make some noise in the conference tournament because i think that's what what you look for with a young team that actually has some talent yeah i mean you want you want that you want them to come on late mm-hmm. and to show something at the end of the season the kind of thing yeah. that makes everybody go oh snap yeah there's gonna be something you know right because because you're bringing in quay parker it looks like they're recruiting really well they're in the they're in the mix with some some uh decent names so if they can they can bring in a wing uh to go with Quay and then Corey and Deshaun Freeman, you're, you're going to finally have something in your starting five that, you know, maybe you have scores at, at four or five positions. I mean, is that enough for the, you know, for the big Big Ten? I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, you're going to have some depth with, with shooters. Um, you're going to have athleticism. And Jordan, what's interesting about Jordan in the Big Ten is he's trying to build a team that goes against all sorts of Big Ten traditions, you know? It's it's not that fundamentally sound uh, half court offense, half court defense. He's going to do something that seems like most of the Big Ten doesn't. He's going to want to press and he's going to want to get out and run. Now mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a system that can be successful in a fundamentally sound league, mm-hmm. or if it's something like where it's going to disrupt everybody because they're not prepared for that, or if it's something that's going to be easily disrupted because everybody's you know just really fundamentally sound and. Well, right, I mean, we'll there, the there I think it, it depends on the talent level. You know, if these yeah. guys are real, are really talented players, then yeah, I think you'll be able to, well, pull that off on a certain level. It'll just be the, the you know, you 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 know that you're going to play Wisconsin structure and you're going to play Indiana's whatever. Yeah. And then, oh snap! Oh, we got the Rutgers day, or oh man, we've got Iowa. You know, you have the right, two right. teams that actually you know try to run up and down. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. I think. Corey Sanders is exciting. He's a legit top 100 player. He he can pass the ball and he can get to the hole. And if Freeman can do what he did in JUCO, and I've I've heard 
now grain of salt, but I've heard some Jay Crowder comparisons went in terms of who people remind him of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they can do that, then you need to fill it in, and those guys who you brought in as shooters need to make their shots. Cool. So yeah. you know, you want to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think Omari Greer out of Bradley, he looks the part. He's a he's a graduate transfer, and he's he's a you know forty percent three point shooter. Oh, is he playing for Rutgers this year? Yeah, he's he's probably going to be the first guard off the bench. Oh, okay. So it it it's what they're predicting as a starting lineup for this roster is probably not what I would make the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. But um, I think there's potential to be deep and to do what Jordan wants. Okay. I just think he's starting five guys and none of them can shoot, and he's got three shooters on the bench, and I think he'd be better off going three guards to start. And trying to spread the floor a little bit, yeah. Spread the floor a little and, and give room for your big men instead of, you know, everybody getting to the rib. Yeah. So That's cool. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy that basketball's here and it's getting cold. Yeah. And it is getting cold out here. Yeah. So... What about you? What are you? What are you most looking forward to? Um, you know, I know you're looking for flashes and stuff, but let, wrap it up with like something that's got you ready for basketball. <sighs> something that's got me ready. For, I, I'm really just intrigued to uh, uh, to see how Chris Mullen puts it together because he's a neophyte, because he has no coaching experience. Um, <clears throat> you kind of want to see what that looks like when you step out on the court. Granted, he has. And, uh, uh, you know, two assistants who have a lot of experience. And Abdel Masi, in particular, has experience with Fred Hoiberg, who also came from the NBA with no coaching experience. So I think that you get a sense that, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm excited to see a team that doesn't, that if they do stupid things, that you expect them not to do the stupid thing, you know, a week later. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that that was something that was maddening about the previous St. John's teams. Uh, yeah. That sometimes you'd see the same things. You'd be like, why does this happen? Why are you taking shots with your foot on the line? Why would you make your life difficult? Um, and so we'll see what you know Mullen means by sharing the ball, by ball movement. I think that... He has a lot of players who are kind of talented. You know, I think Malik Ellison might be a surprise. I think Marcus Lavette might be exciting. Um, I think Darian Williams could be a baller. I don't know. I, I just want to see what it looks like, you know. I'm just yeah. intrigued. I think that's kind of where I am, too. Like, Jordan's saying he's, he's – I don't, we didn't talk about this. He's changed the offense completely. He's, they're not running the Princeton – you know, that offense with, with the Princeton touches anymore. Mm-hmm. He wants to run more a Spurs or a Golden State type offense. He's talking about two centers and everybody else spreads the floor. So I feel like I should watch the Spurs because uh, uh, you know Mullen made a reference to to the Spurs as well. And I will I'll openly admit that since I don't watch much NBA and I, you know, I have a one year year old son, so you know my TV time is limited. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean the Spurs are not. I know they're good and I know they 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 are great at putting their team together, but I just can't. Bear to take time to watch them, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm there's. I'll I'll have to send you the link. I saw a link that that explains the offense Jordan's talking about, and if Mullen's talking about the same sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, I haven't watched it yet, but it sounds interesting. It has to do with playing two centers and going inside out um, instead of so many cuts to the basket. Okay. So yeah, you know, and that pick yeah. and roll, that pick and roll motion, you know, that Jordan was doing, and that was the problem. Was he's trying to run this offense? 
And the key to that offense, I think, was literally E2 and, and, and Jack cutting to the basket, mm-hmm. and neither of them did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, again, for me, the, the, the thing that I want to see is a team that doesn't make stupid mistakes, and a team that um, hopefully Mullen and his staff can get to play in a intelligent manner. Because I think that St. John's had a lot of that, too, where... You know, the two years ago, Jakar Sampson, you know, he's a bouncy athletic forward, and they'd run plays to get him the ball mm-hmm. kind of in space. Sometimes Lavin would say, oh, yes, you know, we're working on him getting to the basket. He never got to the basket. He always wanted to take a long jump shot. Right. And it's great that you shot 46% on those shots, but, you know, shooting at the rim is a lot more efficient. And yep. you saw the same thing happen every single game, and it was just like, come on. Yep, it was I, the same with 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 Jack and 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 E two. I mean, they left E two home for a game. He wasn't hurt. He wasn't, you know. They left him home. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know he transferred out. He's at Tulsa now. Yeah. So I mean, so maybe it's addition by subtraction. Those two leaving. I mean, I don't think Jack is a bad kid. I don't think he even you know tried to to hurt team chemistry. But I think on the court and in terms of scheme, it might be. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, for me, it's, and, and I think for both teams, I think the, the real crux of the problem is actually run the stuff you're supposed to run instead of guys just kind of freelancing and going, well, this is what I know how to do and this is what I think will win. Even yeah. though when you do that in a team concept on a high level, that hardly ever works unless you're... I don't know, maybe Kobe Bryant if he played in college, you know? Right, so right. I, I think that there are fewer guys than you can, than you would think who can just freelance and pull out a win, you know? Yep. And people think that guys can do that, and they don't. That's not really true. You know, everybody has to be pulling the same way. Yep, I agree. So that's, that's going to be fun to watch for both teams. And I think that's going to be more so than coaching. Mullen's challenge is, and I, we've talked about this, you know, in season three, um, when he got hired, that first time somebody breaks a rule. Because that was the adjustment for Jordan. And that's why you see so much purging of rosters the first three years. Mm-hmm. You know, first time somebody skips a class or, or does something they're not supposed to. How does he handle that and how does that affect the team on the court? Yeah. You know, because he's used to dealing with, from a front office, not even from a coaching position, NBA guys who are playing for, you know, their livelihood. Yeah. And and at college, it's you're playing for free, and you're a college kid. You know? And hoping to play for your livelihood, but you're also trying to display things. Yeah, right, exactly. So it's a different animal, and and that's been Jordan's adjustment period, I think. And I think they're. I'm hoping they're past that. Um, year three, you should be. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be a major challenge for Mullen. And I know Slice, you know, has dealt with it, but so it choose. You know, <laughs> it's like. Uh, 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 both were kind of failed head coaches with Barry at Manhattan and Greg at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, mm-hmm. and, and and now so, they're. But sometimes, in- you know, sometimes those guys see things well yeah. and they see things clearly. Yeah. And that you know, just because a guy failed as a head coach doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. It just means that they couldn't put it all together. You're right. So, all right, I think it's time to wrap this one up. Yep, this has so. been. 
Not this episode of the fourth season of Not Half Bad, the podcast covering St. John's and Rutgers basketball. We're going to slap this up there as soon as we can. Yeah, just like The Wire, maybe this will be the best season. Yes. And that pretty much means a successful Rutgers season, because I know I've derailed some of these podcasts. <laughs> or a lot of years. Years. I don't know. <laughs> so, all right, guys, have a good week. I'm Dave. Uh, I pop in and write for On the Banks, and you can find me on Twitter at Dave underscore White. And I'm Norman. You can find me at Rumble in the Garden. And uh, our Rumble feed is Rumble SBN, and my feed is Ecos Bias on Twitter. We'll have uh, a couple of other folks come in at times. Uh, one of our writers, Carmine Cartieri, will hopefully uh, step in for me at times. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Aaron. Aaron. Brightman? Brightman. Aaron Brightman. I'm going to reach out to him. I haven't done so yet. But yeah. He showed and me. We'll hook that up. So we'll keep the podcast uh, flowing. All right, guys, have a good week. All right, see you later.